0: The following audio is from Grace City Church in San Diego, California. More information about Grace City Church is available at gracecitysd.com. The scripture um, that we're going to be out of this morning is from John 6, verses 16 through 21. Um, The words will be up on the screen, so follow along. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, it is I, do not be afraid. Then they were glad to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Let's pray. Jesus, we um, are grateful this morning to worship a miraculous God, um, a God that is big and outside of uh, what we often think is possible. Um, You tell us in your word that all things are possible with you. Um, Thank you for just the scripture that you've given us, that you have proved yourself to be true and and that you are who you say you are. Um, And we know that through your word and we can can cling to that and be secure in that. Um, So I pray that all of our hearts would be um, just attentive to you this morning. That we would listen to um, your word and what you have to say, because that's transforming and that's life-changing. Um, and, and as Randall prays about the storms that we go through in our lives this morning, I pray that we would all um, just be enlightened that Jesus has conquered that. He 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 cares about our storms. He cares about our troubles, um, but he has conquered all. He's conquered death. Um, There's nothing that he will not be with us through. There's nothing that um, we can't overcome in his name with him. Um, So Father, we just worship you this morning. We're grateful for um, all the people you've brought here this morning. It's not by accident um, or just chance that people are here for a reason this morning, and we believe that you want to speak to them and meet their needs this morning. Um, So do just that. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. All right. Thanks, Mary. Good morning, happy Father's Day. Uh, We're in John chapter 6 right now, and we're gonna be going through verses 16 through 21. And the past couple weeks, we've been in a series called We Believe. And so in this series, uh, we've just been talking about some of the unique things that we believe, uh, particularly about Jesus Uh, As a church, we started last October, and we've been going through looking at the life of Jesus in the book of John. And through that, uh, what sticks out to us is the the uniqueness of who Jesus is, even from the beginning. He's not just another man, but he is God, God in the flesh. And so today we're going to be talking particularly about uh, his lordship. And what does it mean to have Jesus as Lord of your life and my life? Uh, Before coming to California, uh, me and my family lived on the other coast, uh, the east coast, and we lived in a coastal city called Savannah, Georgia. Uh, We were there for about eight years, and uh, all my kids were born there, and so I've got three kids, uh, six, four, and two, almost three, and they were all born in Savannah. Now, I'm not a native to the south, uh, but what I learned very quickly in that region was we needed to be prepared for hurricanes and some major storms that could be coming in from the coast there. Uh, and so for us, it was just a, a major threat. I remember uh, just driving up uh, the highway and seeing huge uh, bo- billboards just saying, you know, different warning signs of uh, evacuation routes. And, um, you know, we were always locked into the weather channel just to see how things were shaping up because there were certain times of the year when storms would, would blow through and, and come and it could get pretty intense. Um and I remember one particular uh, week, we, we weren't even really expecting it, but we were just at the, at the beach one weekend, this huge storm came in. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. My, we were with uh, my wife and her family that live in Tennessee. And so uh, just to give you a picture of her family in Tennessee, uh, it's, it's them and they've got like 12 kids, right? And so they've got huge family, all the kids running around on the beach, and we're just hanging out, having a great time. And all of a sudden, we were looking down the beach, and we were like, this is a great day. It's sunny outside. But we saw this dark cloud starting to form. Did I do that? <laughs> we, we saw this dark cloud starting to form, and it was quite a distance away, so we thought we were, we were good. Um, not too long after that, I start to see people just start to scurry down the the beach there, and all of a sudden, the lifeguards didn't say a word, but they are driving their four-wheelers flying in down the beach in the other direction. And so we're like, I don't think this is good. <laughs> the lifeguards are running. We better get out of here. And so we start packing up our stuff. All of a sudden, this storm came in so quickly with the wind gusts and everything just taking it all with. It was just like blowing in our direction. Sand's kicking up. Everything's blowing in our direction. And it was just like, boom. You know, right, right, The rain, all of that on top of us, uh, it just came and hit us so quickly and we weren't even expecting it. You see, that's how life is. That's how life is. When we're talking about storms, we're talking about Jesus in this particular passage of scripture, calming a storm. But he's teaching us a deeper principle about life and what we should believe about life and about how he approaches the storms in our life because that's what will happen. It will just kick up just like that. See, when we lived on the East Coast, we learned how to pick up signs of coming storms. Uh, But here in California, we're gonna start to pick up signs of earthquakes, right? It's just like, uh, this past week, we had a 5.2. It was like maybe a week and a half ago, right? 5.2 on the Richter scale. And so I slept through it. I didn't even know what happened, but my wife was awake and she's Googling, like, "What do I need to do to be prepared for earthquakes in the future?" You just got to be prepared for things that you're not expecting. And so, how do we as Christians handle the storms of life? How do we handle the the things that are coming at us that we're not expecting? Um, whether Christian or not today, everyone will face storms. It's going to happen. And so today's text gives believers the hope that we can enter storms differently than everyone else. You can enter the storms of life differently than people who don't believe in Jesus. See, whether we are able to anticipate the storms coming, or whether we're not and they're there in the blink of an eye like when I was on the beach, um, are you prepared to respond to it? Because it's going to happen in your job. Maybe you've been looking for a job for a long time and it hasn't come yet. And you're still in that waiting period and you feel like you're in the storm. Uh, Maybe it's in your relationships, whether it be your marriage, whether it be with your kids. Uh, Maybe it might be something that comes up like you need to move. I mean, that happened for us, right? And so there's a lot going on. Maybe there's health issues that come up and you just weren't expecting it. Uh, Many think that Christianity is a way of behaving. We think, oh, well, you got to be good. This is what Christianity is. You just got to be a good person. Behavior is a part of it. But more than just behavior, it's so much more. Being a Christian is so much deeper than that. See, Christianity, what it is, it's a way of believing that leads you into a way of behaving. What is it that we believe that leads us into the way that we act? See, because that's what Jesus is teaching us here today through this text. The belief... That we're studying today is Jesus Christ is Lord. And that means he's Lord even through the storms of life. Uh, The culture that we live in right now, Western culture, even if you were to be honest about yourselves, here's what we we have to all acknowledge. We do not like storms coming in our life. We do not like difficulty. We don't like pain. What we do is we try to minimize it as much as possible. I I don't want this in my life. Let me try and stop it, minimize it. we try to push it aside, right? But storms come for a reason. And and biblically, it it says that very clearly. Like, there there are purposeful storms that that will come into our lives that God has a plan through it and wants to use those in our lives. And there's a book that just came out recently uh, really talking about that. Um, It's called Tribe, and it's uh, not, not a Christian book. Um, it's, it's called Tribe on Homecoming and Belonging. And, and it was written by a guy named uh, Sebastian Unger. And what he talks about in the introduction of this book, uh, Tribe, is that uh, he wished, like, as he looked at societies, he looked at the way life was. He said, we've become so self-dependent that we, we try to minimize so much difficulty coming in our lives that he's like, I wish that there were some actual, like, difficulties that would come into my life. And so what he did is he said, you know, I, he went and traveled around, went across the country, did all of these different types of things um, just to find something that would test him in life. And he said, a modern man has done everything possible to avoid pain and suffering. And what he shares in this book is he says, um, by developing this self dependent idea of life, like I can just get through life, I tr- try to minimize as much as I, I can, uh, the storms that come. He says, "What what's happened is it's killing us. He said, it's, it's killing us. And, and here's what he says, he says, as he's introducing the book, he says, this book is about why for many people, war feels better than peace, and hardship can turn out to be a great blessing. And disasters are sometimes remembered more fondly than weddings or tropical vacations. He's actually pushing back against the culture in the way that we think. He's actually saying that, you know, we, we, we need to embrace some of the hardships. We need to embrace some of the storms that come at us. Um, and, and he goes on to say this. He says, uh, he believes it's because of the minimizing of hardships that Western society is afflicted with some of the highest rates of depression, schizophrenia, poor health, anxiety, and chronic loneliness in history. That's his belief, but here's the deal: in life, again, it's not if the storms are going to come; it's when. And we can try to minimize it and say that it's not really a storm or, or or whatever. But what are you going to do when they come? Will you shut down? Will you isolate yourself? Will you stress out with anxiety? Or will you see Jesus? and those he's placed around you as he calms the storm. Because what we know about Jesus is he has the power to calm the storms that come at us. Many of us understand Jesus as savior, right? We say, well, Jesus is my savior, he saved me from my sins. But what we find in scripture also, the beauty of him being Lord, the power that he possesses as Lord of our lives. And and that's what we're really gonna study today. What does it mean to experience Jesus as Lord? Because today we've either come in as the Lord of our own lives or we believe that God is the Lord. See, it's in the storm when you experience Jesus as Lord. And so our text, John 6:16 6, through21. Uh, today we'll compare uh, John 6, Matthew 14, and Mark 6 to get a full glimpse of this amazing night as Jesus calms the storm. See, there are four different gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and three of the writers uh, write on this particular text that really gives us one of Jesus's most amazing miracles. Um, Jesus is, is walking on water. It's one of the most well known uh, miracles that we have. And here's the deal here's what we need to know as far as context goes. The ancients believed that the sea was a symbol of how life operated, they, were, uh, they believed that it was uh, uncontrollable powers beyond their comprehension. And so, just like the sea at times is unpredictable. Life is unpredictable. In this narrative, we discover what it means to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so it's three principles. I'm gonna give you all three up front. It's believing that in the storm, Jesus sends us, Jesus sees us, Jesus settles us. So as Jesus is Lord through the storm. It's believing that Jesus sends us, Jesus sees us, Jesus settles us. And so I'm gonna go through all three. The first one is Jesus sends us. And so Jesus, as Lord, he sends us. Here, here's what we need to know. In this t- uh, text, um, we don't find what we find in Matthew 14, 22. And so we need to kind of piece the story together. So Matthew 14, tells us that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. Okay? He had just finished feeding the 5,000. He dismisses the crowds. And Jesus, um, for the word made, it says almost that he compelled the disciples to get in the boat. And so Jesus is over there. If you were to have this visual, Jesus is convincing them, hey guys, you need to get in the boat, you need to go to the other side. Now why would they be a little fearful of that? Because Jesus is saying, I'm gonna stay back. I'm gonna stay here while you guys go to the other side. So he sends them out on the water alone. Uh, Some important details about this are um, Verse 16 says that evening came, and verse 17 says it was dark. Okay, verse 18 says that the seas became rough. Um, Now this is obvious, but I I just need to say it. Traveling by sea is much more difficult, dangerous, and delicate than land travel, right? And Jesus sends them out on this journey in a very delicate state when it's dark, And the sea is becoming rough. Now, essentially, Jesus sends them in the dark and into the storm. That's a little hard for us, right? As we look at this text, as we start to think that through, like, hold on. So Jesus sent them out alone in the dark while there's going to be a storm coming. Theologically, how do we try and uh, work that out? That's hard. Kent Hughes, who is writing about this particular text, says, Why were the disciples in trouble? Because they pointed their boat in the direction the Lord had told them to take. Because they were obedient to Christ, they were in serious peril. How can this be? Here's what we need to know. Just because you're a Christian and just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean there aren't going to be difficulties in life. There are going to be times where you're feeling like, I'm going into the dark here and I don't know what's in front of me. There are going to be moments where you're thinking, this is a really difficult storm that we're weathering right now. And God, this this is hard. But what we know is that storms are going to come, and you can either enter them in two ways. You can uh, can enter it by fleeing like Jonah did, right? Or you can enter it obediently like the disciples did. And what happened to the disciples as they entered into the storm? Matthew 14, 24 tells us, the boat by this time was way long from the land, beaten, tormented by the waves, for the wind was against them. So they were too far to turn back. They were being beaten up by the waves. The the way that it could be translated is the, the, the waves were tormenting them. The wind was pushing them in the wrong direction, and so really, the only option that they had was to keep going forward. To keep pursuing the direction that God called them to go. I have to confront this, this lie today that many of us have bought into. That God won't give you something you can't handle. Right? We say, well, well, God's just not going to give you more than you can handle. There's this idea, and they're like, it's somewhere in the Bible. But It's not. That that particular idea is a self-dependent idea. You see, because God does give us more than we can handle, but he does it so that we will place everything on him, that we'll look to him, that we'll trust him. Well, if it's not easy, then it's not from God. God would never allow difficulty in our lives. Those are lies. Because what we see here are the disciples who are going into this storm, struggling. And it's hard. An important element of seeing Jesus as Lord is understanding that he sends us even into the storm. But we gotta know the second point. This is our hope right here. Jesus sees us. Jesus sees us. Mark 6, 48, um, and in a parallel account says this, and he saw that they were making headway painfully for the wind was against them. See, if you could enter into the disciples' mind at this point, they must have been thinking, well, Jesus, have you forgotten about us? Jesus, do you even care about us? How could you let us go through this? But what we know is Jesus didn't forget about them. He deeply cared for them, because what did Jesus do? Well, we find him in Matthew 14, 23, praying. He prayed, says he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This is also found in Mark six, but then he does the miraculous, he walked on water. Again, commentator Kent Hughes says, after he had finished praying, he strode down that mountain to the same point on the shore and somehow, at least partially, followed the path they had taken. That is an incredibly encouraging aspect of Christ's incarnation. He understands our situation. He feels what we feel. He walks where we walk. See, the, the, the beautiful... Message of the gospel and, and the difference of Christianity from every other religion in the world is this, that we have a God who can relate to us because he's walked where we walked. What is this? It's true love. It's good news. It's that God seeks us and is willing to find us in the most desperate conditions. He faces the storm. But the beauty of Jesus is as they are struggling going through the storm, he's walking on the water like it's solid ground. It's not difficult for him. What's difficult for us is not difficult for him. And he's looking for us, and he sees his disciples struggling. And what he does next is the third point, Jesus settles us. How does Jesus settle us in the storm? First is he shows up. He shows up, right? Like, one of the things right now that my my son is is really on this kick of of knowing is is whether I'm gonna show up for him or not. Whether if I'm gonna come through for him or or not. Like, I I can't tell you how many different performances they have had at the elementary, a, a ton of performances, right? But here's the thing, he loves it. I mean, if you could see video of him, he is just like, He just loves being up front in front of people, loves entertaining, loves being there. But one of the things he does, is the first thing he does is he looks to see if mom and dad are there. And he can't be settled and he can't rest until he knows that mom and dad are watching him. And the same thing is true for us. What what, What we need to know today is that you might be struggling, you might be going through a difficult time, you might be going through a storm, but Jesus sees you. Jesus knows, right, and and so he's coming out and he's walking on the water and he's coming to settle these guys because he shows up. Now, when did he show up? Well, it says in the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking on the sea. Now, this is uh, from Matthew 14, 25, between three and six o'clock in the morning. Okay, this is the darkest point of the night before He comes. But he shows up. What does he do? He speaks. He says, it is I, do not be afraid. Now what we don't see on the surface of that translation is really what's underneath the surface which is extremely important. It's ego, a me. In the Greek, as Jesus, they they translate it, it is I. When Jesus says ego, a me. He literally literally says don't be afraid I am I am It's not I was or I'm going to be but I am I'm am present I'm here I am God because if you know anything about the Hebrew scriptures right we look at the Old Testament That's the name of God that came out of the burning bush I am. You look all through scripture. I am, I am, I am. He even says it in in John 6:35, as he says, I am the bread of life. Right? You're looking where to go. You're looking who's going to show up in those difficult times. It is I am that's going to be there. Jesus doesn't just say, Don't be afraid. Right? Like, isn't that the, the way the world operates? You're going through difficulties. You're going through storms in life. Is, well, you shouldn't be afraid. Just don't be afraid. Stop it. Stop being anxious. Stop, stop doing that. Like, right? Just stop. Jesus doesn't say that, He gives us the reason why we don't need to be afraid. Don't be afraid. I am. When we know I am, when we know who God is, there is no reason to be afraid. See, it's I am that calms the storm. It's I am that walks on the water. See, we need someone who can walk on water through the unpredictable storms of life in ways that we can't. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus can settle us because he is the Lord of the storm. And so how do we see life through the lens of Jesus as Lord? I want to give you four takeaways today I think that can help us to practically apply this to our hearts. Uh, The first one is this. Life is a sea voyage, not a stroll in the park. Many of us approach life like a stroll in the park. It's sunny outside. It's great walking through the park. Everything's just going to be perfect today. And what happens is we're caught off guard by how difficult life can be. See, we think it should be a stroll in the park because I'm a Christian. We say, well, this, this should be really my best life now, right? But what we find in Scripture is that Our best life is to come. It's not this life. And the sea voyage is is, is really gonna take some perseverance. Uh, I was sitting with an older gentleman uh, a week and a half ago, and we were having lunch, and and his name's Butch, and uh, one of the things he told me, he says, life is not for the faint of heart. I said, Butch, you're right. See, you're at sea right now. I'm at sea right now. That's your life and that's my life. And storms on land are a lot different than storms at sea, right? Storms on land, it's like, okay, you can kind of figure some things out, but it's, it's, also, it's not only from above, it's like below when you're at sea that you gotta worry about. And so that's why a lot of us feel the attacks, right? And, and so if you're a new Christian, right, if you're just coming into knowing Jesus, I just wanna tell you this, because many people get rocked and they're like, oh, I'm not a Christian anymore, I'm not gonna believe in God anymore because bad things happen. Like, that's not what Christianity is. You will suffer, there will be difficult times. It's not gonna be a stroll in the park, but the beauty of it is, is what my friend Miles told me this week. He says, you know, I've been through a lot. He says, but here's what I know, Jesus is with me through it all. Jesus is with me. Right? so it's him with us through the sea voyage, guiding us, that helps us to get through. The Christian knows that life is all hands on deck. It's a sea term, right? All hands on deck. And so that's your life. Be ready, all hands on deck. The second takeaway is this. Storms stir up the darkness in our heart. They will stir up the darkness in our heart. Many times, I've been lulled into a sense that I'm a a pretty good person. I'm not that bad. And I was even thinking about this week as I was walking with my wife or... Talking and, you know, it feels like recently we've been going through some storms. And I said, you know, I I get lulled into that sense that I'm not that bad of a person, and then a storm comes, and I'm like, wow, I am a really big sinner. Like I am a, I am not as good as I thought I was. Like the thoughts that are going through my mind right now, not good, right? And so it just really tests your heart. And and what happens is it starts to stir up all the junk that's in there. See, we, we don't realize how much grace God has on us. Like how much grace and love and acceptance he continually has on us. And I just want you to hear this. Like, Jesus doesn't love you because you had a good day. Right? like we go into this idea where it's like, oh, I'm having a really good day, and so God's gotta love me here, but then I have like a really bad day, and so, oh man, I gotta work my my way back up. That is not the gospel. That is not what Jesus says. Like, he says, no, I love you on the good days and the bad days. I love you through all the storms of life. And you gotta know that the storms are gonna start to stir up some of this darkness in your heart. And I think that's the reason that, uh, you know, some of us sometimes, we're um, we're pool people rather than ocean people. Like, I, I love the, you know, some people are like, now I'm an ocean person, but here's the thing about me: like, I don't, I don't think about what's below me, right? Like, I don't think about what's what's swimming around and all. There's people that it just can't get out of their head. Like, there's things that are swimming right now that I can't see that could bite me, right? They like, say I'm a, I'm only a pool person because I want to see what's in the pool. But then you see Jaws and you're like, oh man, I think I remember that scene where it's like, there's like a. She imagines like the shark in the pool. You're like, what? And so that really messes you up. But at least it messed me up for a while. But the ocean people, right? Like you just, you just don't really think about it. like what's underneath here. But you have to know this. There are things that are, that are down there that can bite you. And uh, I love this quote from Timothy Keller. He says, you may think you know your own heart. Or you may think you know your spouse's heart. Or you may think you know your uh, friend's heart's but there are deep, dark, slimy things down there, things that will suddenly come up and bite you. I mean, my family, you know, last night me and my wife were watching that OJ, um, Made in America. If you watched that at the beginning, right? Like he was like the, the poster child. And I'm watching, I'm like, if you could for, fast forward this guy's life to now, This is crazy. See, we all have deep, dark things within us. And the storms will reveal those things. But the only one who can face that type of darkness is Jesus. The only way that you can defeat it is the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans chapter 8. As you see the darkness, lay it at the feet of Jesus and ask the Holy Spirit to kill it. Those things that are just creeping around in there. See, there is a purpose to the storm, and part of it is to bring up some of this junk so that we can lay it at the feet of Jesus. The third point is Jesus shows up at the darkest part of the night. Jesus calmed the storm at the fourth watch of the hour, or or, or fourth watch of the night. Jesus came when his disciples were exhausted, miserable, tired, struggling to believe. You ever feel like that as a Christian? Like, man, I'm like miserable right now. I'm like exhausted, I'm tired, I'm struggling, but I'm still here. (laughs) Like, why does Jesus come at that point? We don't know. That's why he's Lord and we're not. But what we do know is that he shows up. He shows up at the right time, the perfect time. Have you been waiting for the storm to calm? It's coming. He has a plan. And he does see you. And what you're going through. The fourth takeaway, and this is the last one, is Jesus is working for your good through every storm. Jesus is working for your good through every storm. Philippians 1.6 says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus right and nothing is wasted with jesus and so you feel the difficulty you feel the storms coming at you but you have to know that it, there is good that is being worked out and he's not going to give up on you and he's going to continue to work even to the end James 1, 2 through 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Have you ever had those moments where you look at people and you say, Man, they are really like committed and loyal and they love Jesus. I wish I could be like that. But again, we don't know what they went through to get to that place. We don't know the storms that they've been through as they've walked through difficulty in life and said, I'm, I know that God is gonna get me through this. I know that he's doing good work and it's hard right now but he's gonna get me through this because what it says in James is that it develops a steadfastness. When you're steadfast, it's like you, you can't be moved. You talk with some Christians and, and, and there's different things that are thrown their way, right? And they're like, yeah, it's difficult, but you know what? I'm not going to stop being a Christian. right? Like, I'm not going to stop believing and acting like a Christian because there's difficulties that come my way. Because what happens is that God has developed something and he's working through the storms for our good. I love this quote from John Mark Comer. He says, over and over again, the writers of the Bible make the point that suffering can do to your character what fire can do to gold. It's purifying us. It's working. And we're actually becoming more and more like Jesus through it. How many times have you heard someone say, after the storm has calmed? Or uh, how many times have you heard uh, someone after the storm is calm say, "I am thankful for the storm, and I wouldn't change it." You know, as, as hard as it was, as difficult as it was, like I, I wouldn't change how it went. Just a quick side note. Um, this is important. Jesus sent out his disciples together. He gave them one another to fight the storm. And so in a a very self-dependent, isolated, independent culture, uh, I just need to ask this. Are you trying to fight your storms alone? Are you trying to do this on your own strength? And my question is why? Storms are meant to bring us together. Because I'm sure that as the disciples experienced Jesus doing this miraculous thing and they sat in awe, you know what they had? They had stories. They had stories to share. They had those remember when moments. Remember when Jesus calmed that storm? Wasn't that amazing? They went through it together. So my encouragement is, today we have a care team that would love to talk with you. We have a care team that would love to encourage you, to pray for you. There are people right next to you right now. Get somebody's phone number. Set up a lunch appointment this week. Get into a city group. Something. Don't wait for someone else to do it. You do it. Get out there. Because Jesus, as he sent that boat out, he sent those disciples together as they worked through the storm. I'll tell you, some of the things that we've even been through as a church plant, and what we've gone through, like the people that I look at and I know that have been here from the start and have come along this journey, those people are my family. Right? That's my family. And as you guys are coming in, like this is a family. That's what Jesus invites us into. Because when you fight some wars together, you have each other's back in ways that you just wouldn't have if it was just like, okay, this all came together miraculously. No, you're fighting for something and and, and they're fighting through the storm together. Here's the gospel, here's the good news. Because Jesus faced the ultimate storm, you can know he will be with you through every storm. What's, What's the ultimate storm? When Jesus was on the cross, he was left by his father to face the wrath that we deserved, the punishment that we deserved. Why? Because of our sin. See, the storm that we couldn't face and the storm that continually we keep getting sucked back into is the storm of our sin. Right, it's the depths of our heart. But what Jesus did on the cross is he defeated it. He ultimately defeated it, and and it's not held against us. Jesus was swallowed up in the storm so we wouldn't be. So how do you know that Jesus is going to be with you through the difficulties? Because he was there in the most difficult storm. That you and I, we weren't there for him. We were the ones who sent him into it. And now he looks back at us and says, "I will be with you through everything." And so what do you say when the storm comes? It's, it's what John Newton says in his hymn, "Begone unbelief." Here's what he says. He says, "Begone unbelief. My Savior is near, and for my relief will surely appear. By prayer, let me wrestle, and he will perform with Christ in the vessel. I smile at the storm. Though dark be my way, since he is my guide, tis mine to obey, tis his to provide. Though cisterns be broken and creatures all fail, the word he has spoken shall surely prevail. Hear Jesus say, Do not be afraid, I am. Let's pray. Father, thank you that in those moments, and I feel it too, where we just get so weary, burdened, we wonder, okay, God, are you still with us? I thank you that you show up and you are, I am. Right now in this moment, Whatever we're going through, you're God, and we can trust you. So help us today, whatever we might be struggling with, to, to turn away from ourself, to turn away from our sin, and to turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. He's the only one that can cover those things. For holding on to anything today, we lay it at your feet, Lord. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.